Good morning, church. Um, I would love to say that it's good to be with you, and I guess via video, it is good to be with you. It's good to think about and dwell on the fact that we get to worship a risen Savior whose name is Jesus, and that we are connected in some way by studying the scriptures and hearing the songs and worshiping as families together in this time. Uh, there's been a lot of information that has come out just in the last week. So you may or may not have heard, but uh, it looks as if uh, our ability to come back together will be on the horizon. Now, you may or may not have heard dates uh, like May 20th, but um, we understand uh, what has been set out before us. We are gathering information, and uh, when the time is right, we will be laying out a plan for NBC on Main and our church family to resume worshiping together, how that's going to look, how that's going to feel. In the meantime, though, we have to begin to um, distribute ourselves back into our community. There will be uh, a few more businesses that will be opening up, a few more people who are going out and about, a few more opinions that were over the last several weeks online that will now be out in public. And I think... It is of utmost importance that we breathe deep, that we look in the mirror, that we set ourselves in the scriptures and we begin to comprehend or understand what our place is, what our place should have always been, but to reevaluate as we re-enlist, as we reinvest in our culture, what our place is as believers. I want to encourage you in who you are today. And I want to encourage you now, not, not three weeks from now or six weeks from now, now, I want to encourage you now because encouragement is an amazing thing. One, it lifts the spirit. Two, it breeds more encouragement. Three, it's what I want you to be constantly and consistently doing for one another. And that will bring joy. That will bring hope. But I also want to plant these seeds now because when we claim things, when we call out things, when we set a name to things, we can, in a way, steer the destiny of how we are going to act, how we are going to react. We see this happening all throughout the scriptures. An Old Testament example of that is when God took a man named Abram, who was an elderly gentleman, and he said, your name is now Abraham, father of many, father of nations. Now, Abram was old and his wife was barren. This was not going to happen. This was not something to be believed, but God named it. And Abraham became the father of many nations, even though what he saw on this earth was just not possible. With God, it is possible. New Testament example. 
He called one of his disciples Cephas or Peter, which literally means the rock. And he said, on this rock, on this rock, the church will be Build. You will be a foundational part, a, 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 a cornerstone member of that which will build the church. Now, wait, wait, wait. Rock? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, build the church on, on this guy? I mean, that may be one of the most laughable things ever. Uh, Peter was anything but consistent. Peter was anything but firm and, and standing. One minute he is Christ, you are who you say you are. The next minute, Jesus is saying to him, get behind me, Satan. He is uh, jumping out of boats with all kinds of faith and then sinking into storm waters with little faith. He is standing firm in, in who Jesus is and then swinging his sword and, and, and slicing ears off of people. He is the model of inconsistency. But when God said, you are the rock, that is exactly what we find Peter becoming. He preached. Thousands came. He was from the beginning of the journey of the church in Acts, a rock for the church because Jesus spoke it into being. And so today, I want to speak encouragement. I want to speak joy. I want to speak hope into being by reminding us of who we are in our church, in our community, in our culture, in our Society. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 today. And we're looking at the most famous sermon, perhaps of all time. Uh, this comes out of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's important to know that this is in the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I'm going to read starting in verse 13. So Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13, where Jesus is speaking to the believers, to the group of people who are following him, all right? And he is teaching them. And after the introduction, which we'll go back to in a second, this is what he says. You, you collective, all right? You emphatic, the group and the individuals. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. They are light and it is a, a lamp, but it offers light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? That they may see your good works and by that 
glorify your Father in heaven. We're not doing these things so that we are seen as good. We do these things so that who we are as Christians, made new by Christ, brings glory to Him, our Father in heaven. So Jesus literally begins the teaching portion of the Sermon on the Mount by saying, hey, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You, church, are the salt of the earth. You, church, are the light of the world. You, Leslie, you, Les, you, Mike, you, Todd, you, Danny, you, Damon, you are the salt. You are the light. Now, this would be an impossible task for any of us. Why? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are unworthy. We are, we are, we are. But in Christ, we are new creations and the old is gone and the new has come. We have to allow God to pilot. We have to allow God to shine. We have to allow God to work in us and through us because it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So Jesus begins the teaching portion beyond the introduction by saying, you are the salt and you are the light in your communities, in your states, in your regions. This follows a very, very famous set of passages called the Beatitudes the beginning, the introduction of the Sermon on the Mounts is the Beatitudes or how your attitude should be. So when we are in the attitude of Christ, like-minded in Christ, humbly but powerfully serving in Christ, Our attitude looks something like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful. Let that one ring out, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness and blessed are you when people insult, persecute, or falsely say all kinds of things about you. Listen, church, as we go out, continue to go out, have gone out and will go out into the world, all right? From within us, from within us should be a humble spirit, a a, a mourning for those around us who do not have the hope in Christ that we have. A a, a meekness, not weakness, a meekness, a hunger and a thirst for the righteousness of God, a mercy that just overflows, a purity which is unfailing. We should be peace, listen, makers, not peacekeepers, very important. All of these are other sermons, but you can go back and and listen to, to the Beatitude series to hear these things. But as we go forth, okay, 
Jesus starts his message with, hey, it, it is the humble, it is the meek, it is the merciful, it is those who hunger for righteousness, it is those called to make peace, to do what it takes to cause peace, shalom, to exist in their families, in their friendships, and in their churches. Blessed are those who are walking the right way, the right path, the narrow way, and sometimes are persecuted, sometimes are pointed fingers at, sometimes are poked fun of, sometimes are slapped around or called names. It's going to happen. But we claim that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And as we're walking out how our attitude should be at Walmart, in the grocery store, back in, in our factories, in our homes with our spouses, in our homes with our children, which should start yesterday. We are to be salt and we are to be light to the world. I, I went back and was looking at Salt. You guys know that I, I love to cook. Uh, uh, Sai has been trying. Uh, Jamie's been trying. Preston and I have been talking about maybe how to do some uh, simple uh, cooking, sharing videos during this time. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I just haven't figured out quite how to do it with the technology that I, I have yet. But we're talking about it, and, and I, I would love it because I love being in the kitchen. I love the pots and the pans and the knives. I love how foods go together and and, and, and what things go with beef and what things taste better with, with, with chicken and what seasonings do what and how spicy and how umami and how sweet. I love all of those things. But one of the keys, one of the must-haves, one of the can't-cook-withouts is salt. Salt is, a, 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 in essence, a, a, a necessity when it comes to cooking because it is salt that draws out flavor. It is salt that brings flavor. It is salt that adds flavor. But there is so much that salt does beyond that. Salt preserves you can use salt as a preservative to help things to live, to last longer. Salt enhances. It doesn't just make it taste salty. It brings out other flavors. It brings out the flavor of chocolate. It brings out the flavor of meat. It brings out other flavors. It softens, softens. You add uh, salt to, to water to, to make the water softer. It, um, it, it, it overcomes, all right? Now, I know that's weird, but salt is actually an overcomer of, of obstacles and of dangerous things. Th did you know that one of the, one of the foremost ingredients in, in fire extinguishers is NaCl, uh, salt, sodium chloride? You know that we take salt when, when our, our uh, driveways ice over, when our sidewalks ice over. We throw salt out on it. It is literally an overcomer of danger, of obstacles in our lives. It is medicinal. Saline drips used in hospitals all over the world. It is a cleanser, all right? It, 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 it is a problem fixer. Some salt, some baking soda, some vinegar, and some hot water in your drain really helps that out. It's a natural 
way to clean out your, your, your pipes. There's so many things that salt does. What if we thought about our lives in that way? What if as believers in a culture that gets claw, uh, clogged, in, in a culture that has become hardened, in, as, in a culture that has obstacles to our personalities, obstacles to our heart and to our mind and to our spirit on a regular basis? What if the church, what if the individuals who were going out in the world, what if God's people were salt? What if we helped preserve hope? What if we help preserve peace? What if we enhanced people's joy? What if we softened people's uh, souls, their, their, their hearts, their mind? What if we taught gentleness, a fruit of the Spirit? What if we um, helped to heal broken hearts by listening? What if we were literal salt enhancers? What if we brought flavor? What if we brought yumminess to the world, church? You are the salt of the earth, and the you is those who believe in, buy in, and are obedient to Christ with the attitude of Christ Jesus, humbly Read the second chapter of Philippians. Read the second chapter of Philippians about the humility of Christ, about seeing others above ourselves. But we are not just the salt. We are the light of the world. And you have to understand, there was little to no, all right, little to no light outside of the sun and fire, all right, back in the day. So when the sun came up, the day began. When the sun went down, the day ended. Why? Because where there is no light, there is no sight. What if we grabbed hold of the idea that where there is no light, there is no sight. That we're not calling people stupid. We're not calling people idiots. We're not pointing fingers and saying sinners. What if we grab the idea that because Jesus is the light and because we have him, we now become the light of the world. What if we didn't expect people without the light to live as if they had it. If I put a child in a dark room full of obstacles and I put another child in a light room full of the same obstacles, which one is going to navigate the obstacles better? The kid who is in the room filled with light. We are called to navigate this life as if we have the light. And in obedience to him, we can make our way around sin, around the obstacles in this life. And we cannot... Expect people who don't have the light to see things like we do. But if we continue to live in the light, what was the DC Talk song? I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heavens. Oh, Lord, be my light and be my salvation. All I want is to be in the light. Well, when we get in the light, we become reflectors of the light. That's one of the properties of lights, Re reflection and, and refraction. Listen, light brightens. Uh, light bends and changes 
it's, it's flexible in its own way. Light, when it's split, when it's torn apart, it doesn't, it doesn't do awful things. It actually becomes one of the most beautiful things, one of the signs of promise, one of the signs of hope. The, the, the rainbow, when light is reflected, the spectrum appears. When, 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 it, when, it, when, it, when it's torn apart, it is even more beautiful. What if we were these things as Christians? What if we as Christians overcame darkness? What if we as Christians, when we were tested, when we were split, we became even more beautiful? What if we were flexible and bend and changed, not changed to conform to the pattern of this world, but what if we were able to transform, not just allow Jesus to transform our lives, but what if Christ through us, Christ in us, was able to reach the world so that he might transform them too. What if we were the bright spot in people's day? All I'm asking, all I want you to hear in this message this morning is as we get to reinvest, re-inhabit the places, please don't be the canker sores. Please don't be the knots in the wood. Please don't be the wrench in the works. Please don't be the fly in the ointment. Jesus looked out at his people and he said, you are salt. You are light. We have to be the yummy, the flavor, the protection, the enhancers, the pointing out destructive things, the peacemakers. We have to be the light that shines in the darkness. And if we are, the darkness cannot understand it, cannot comprehend it, and cannot overcome it. Start at home. When things get unbearable, when personalities begin to clash, when we've just been too long, too together, in too tight a space, remember, you are the salt. You are the flavor. You are the light in your home, in your family, in your community, and in your world. Be the salt. Be the light. Let Christ shine in you and through you every hour of every day, every location, in every way. You're welcome, Dr. Seuss. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to be light with you. I can't wait to do yummy church together again soon. Let's pray. God, work in us. Have your way with us. Be the potter to our clay. Mold us, make us, and then send us. And strengthen us. Build courage in us. Humble us. Let us be 
your hands and feet to salt and to light our world. In Jesus' name, amen.